This is a Shock Podcast. Gladiators in Suits, Jonathan here. Hello, everyone. I am Jed. And welcome to episode 10 of From Grit to Great podcast. Jed, yes. Hi. discovery time. My yep. One of my favorite topics of any podcast episode, my share of discovery. So this is one of the happiest discoveries I had this year, this 2022. Five days ago, I discovered this YouTube channel called Froggy Flips. So what he does is he's an American. He goes to yard sales. He's mostly interested with 1990s video games and baseball cards, basketball cards, jewelries and stuff. Okay. And then he buys them and he resells them in his eBay and his brick and mortar store. You might think that it's like an ordinary, okay, someone who's like trying to buy something and resell it. But the charm, I think, of the series is how his camera gives you a point of view of how he holds the items and how he investigates it and how he talks about it. And whenever he goes from house to house, he's so polite. I'm not here to mean bad about Americans, but, you know, sometimes they can be very obnoxious. But this guy is so polite to the point that when he thinks that the offer of the owner is too low, he will even say, I think that's too low. I'm going to give you $20 for it. So each episode is like 20 minutes only. And it's so relaxing. I watch it when I'm about to sleep at 10 o'clock or 11 p.m. And you just want to bat for the guy. Like you want him to win. And every time... At the end of each video, he shows how much potential earnings he makes by comparing what is available on eBay and how much are other sellers selling what he discovered. So he will say like, I bought this for $5, but on eBay, there are four other sellers selling it at $100. So that's a potential upside for me. So that's the fun part. And he shows the computations for each. That's very interesting because that's like a quick overview of what an entrepreneur would be doing. Exactly. So he's like, he started it as you know as a hobby and then he quit his job he was a postman before he quit yeah. his job and he's now doing it full-time and i think he's even earning more on the videos than from i'm not sure because his videos get millions of views or hundreds right, and thousands right, of views right. so happy discovery of the week how about you so i brought a website that a friend of mine has shared with me because i cook although it's been a while since i have cooked but i was looking for a good website for recipes and this is a website called copycat.com. What's interesting about this website is it is a website of the recipes of American fast food and American cafes like Starbucks, McDonald's, Outback Steakhouse, Olive Garden. I will check that out right after this recording. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the Chinese food, desserts, everything. So the big restaurants that you will hear from in the US, they've got it. I guess it's because they crowdsource it. So like past employees, of McDonald's shared the recipes yeah, maybe? Yeah, but so I'm going to look for one of those top best recipe that they've got and then I'll probably try it out and maybe next week mm. I can share you whether it is really the same taste or not. All right, let's get to business now. Today is going to be something that's close to my heart because before I jumped to entrepreneurship, this was my stepping stone. So we're going to talk about one of the most popular in-demand activities that a lot of millennials have been doing since the pandemic happened and since remote work became popular and was proven to be effective. And that is freelancing. So right. Jed, are you ready for this? We're going to talk 
talk about some popularly asked questions about freelancing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also great to share our stories and experiences yeah. as freelancers. Jet, do you remember your first ever freelancing project with a um, person or a company? Yes, yes. It, it was during my college years in architecture. So uh, a group of us in, in our school were asked to do like drafting. It was an office space that we had to draft and design a little bit. Mm. Um, and that was during like an immense time in our school. So that was quite memorable. Yeah. How much but, did you earn in that? <laughs> it was like peanuts really. But no, seriously, know, how much? Like I can't remember. I can't remember. But all I remember is that it was very low. Um, okay. But it was good to have something to feel accomplished with monetary incentives at the okay. side. So yeah. What about you? Obviously, I do motivational talks and I also do marketing gigs. So I think my first ever marketing, my freelancing mm-hmm. was a coach for a high school for debate. So I had two schools that I was coaching. One was an all-girls Catholic school and they would pay me, they would pay me 10 US dollars per hour. So they would debate, I would give critiques and I would tell them how they can further improve how they speak. And then there was one that paid me 200 US dollars for a 6-hour session spread across different weeks to do a boot camp for debate, which, by the way, helped me earn my ticket for my first ever international tournament. Mm. When I was in university, I was 16 years old and that was in Singapore. Jed, would you consider my motivational talks as a freelance gig? So for example, like when I was in Air Asia, obviously I had my full-time job, but I was invited by companies to speak. Would you consider it as a freelance gig? Technically, yes, no? I mean, it's your job, but it's quite blurry line there. Or maybe because I'm just, I'm going to be honest here, I'm going to be put, putting my cards on the table. My first ever motivational talk, I got paid a lot because that was way, way back when I won the Apprentice Asia. And that is what I do today as a full-time entrepreneur on top of my other businesses. But yeah, I think that was a freelance gig as well. Mm, fair All enough. right. So we're going to be talking about five questions. I'm going to start now with the first one. Yep. So here's the first question. Jonathan and Jed, what is the key difference between a freelancer and an employee? And could you break it down also between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. So Jed, maybe you can take a stab on this. What do you think are the key differences? If you were to explain this to someone who's venturing to freelancing for the first time. I think one of the easiest way to delineate between an employee and a freelance is basically what the benefits you're getting and the monetary compensation that you're Mm, getting. mm. When you're an employee, you know that you're getting this amount of money at the end of the month, right? A fixed amount. A fixed amount. When you're a freelancer, you wouldn't know. It depends on the market. It depends on the clients that you're serving. It depends on how many projects that you're getting for that month. Plus, you know, you don't get the benefits either at, that an employee has. Yeah, the benefits like, am I right? Benefits like, for example, insurance, vac- vacation leaves. Benefits, vacation yeah. leaves. It could also be overtime pays. I mean, if you go across beyond 8 p.m. working, you will get free dinners. So those sort of things, you will not get that as a freelancer. So mm. you'll basically be, mm. you know, struggling without all these beautiful incentives. I think this is where the double-edged sword comes in because a freelancer technically has a higher earning potential than an employee. Am I right? Because an employee, let's say, for example, who earns 500 US dollars per month fixed versus a freelancer who, let's say, can earn 300 US dollars averagely because of his certain skills, but in the future, when he gets more clients, can potentially earn 700, 1,000, or 2,000, depending on how much he's able to accomplish all these projects. 
projects. So that's a good thing, but that's a double-edged sword in a sense that, well, if markets become volatile or you know a technology gets launched that replaces your skill, then you're at the mercy of maybe you can only get one project and the project can only span for two weeks, which yep. means that your earning potential is also cut short. Employee, you get stability. Freelancing, you get freedom of your schedule, freedom of your clients. You still have your own bosses because you report to the project owner, but you have more liberty, but you're also at the mercy of how many clients can you get in a month? In a way, the um, freelancers are also sort of entrepreneurs Entrepreneurs, yeah. Because you have to market yourself. Can you imagine like you have to go on LinkedIn, you have to post on social media that you are available for doing X, Y, and Mm -hmm. Z. It's a hustling. The gig requires you to hustle. Unlike an employee, you know, I'm not saying that you should slack off, but even if you slack off as an employee, and as long as you're performance remains to be acceptable, you're still going to receive the same amount of money at the end of the month. So there. Okay. Question number two. Jed, I think you should answer this question. The second question is, do freelancers earn a lot? Do you hmm. earn a lot? Did you earn when you were a freelancer? So the, the very classic answer to this is it depends. It depends. Agree. It depends. Um, there are projects that could be one in a million kind of project whereby a big client will pay you million dollars for a huge project. And it's up to you to come up with your team. The client might be giving you this amount of budget and then you're the one who's supposed to manage a team and, and manage hire. the budget. I love how you said it. You can hire members of your team because you're going to subcontract other freelancers mm-hmm. to work for you. That's one in a million. But there are many freelancers all over the world where the pay is not that much. It's enough for them to get by with. Some, some of them could also be like as if you're working for a company, only that you have your own time. Agree, agree. I mean, let, let's be realistic. So for example, I think one of the most popular freelancing gigs that millennials have been taking for the past five years are graphics designer, video editor, copywriter. A lot of these things are online. And in fact, when you say a freelancer, it could be you're working in the Philippines or in Malaysia, but your employer is in the United States or in Europe because yeah. they're taking advantage of relatively lower Cheaper, wage yeah. requirements, right? So it takes them 100 US dollars to pay for a copywriter in the United States, but in the Philippines, it's half the price. So potentially, you can earn a lot if you get multiple gigs, which is what we mentioned a while ago in the first question. So that's also dependent on your energy, on your emotional bandwidth, on your skills. So yes, you can definitely earn a lot. I know someone, I know a, a dear close friend of mine, his freelancing duty is to post the caption and the photo of various businesses on Instagram. Instagram and Facebook. So he has seven clients that are simultaneously working with him. And because he has seven simultaneous clients, let's say, for example, each client is paying him an average of 100 to 200 US dollars. So that's not bad, right? That's around multiply that to seven times. That's not so bad. That's like almost if you are 28 years old and you're earning that amount, you're technically earning the salary of a manager who would be, I would say, 35 or 34 
years old. Right. So yes, the earnings are relatively, there's a higher potential for and faster. Because when you're a corporate, when you're a corporate guy, you need to wait to get promoted or you need to wait to go and leave your company and move on to another company to earn a higher wage. So yes, freelancers can earn a lot, but freelancers are at the mercy of their energy and their marketability from employers. Okay, let me do the third question. I plan to have multiple projects with different employers. Do I need to tell them that I'm working on something else? For me, I would definitely not say this to my boss mm-hmm. because it is always my own prerogative. What I would be doing, I'm an adult. So long as I know my responsibilities in my company and so long as I could handle the responsibilities outside of work, which are the freelancing gigs that I'm doing, I don't need to say this to my boss. I am, mm. I am not res- accountable or mm. obliged to speak about all these things to my boss, yeah. right? So it's all about accountability and responsibility to all the tasks that you ought to do. I'm on the same boat. So the same thing here is no one is requiring you to do that because most of the time employers are fully aware that freelancers are holding multiple jobs at the same time, right? So it's it's a, it, it's a convention. It's an expectation. That's the reason why you are a freelancer in the first place. However, just to be sure, I will strongly encourage all freelancers or those who are just about to sign their contract with their potential employers to check if they there is a clause that says that you cannot work with a different project. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because sometimes there are some freelancing employers who want you to focus only on their tasks. Because let's face it, guys, juggling five jobs at the same time can really spread yourselves too thin. And that might affect the quality of your output. So check that first. And if it is indicated in the contract, that's the time that you have to raise it. And I would recommend that you negotiate it. As Jed mentioned a while ago, you can easily negotiate and say, I'm an adult. I do think I can handle two projects at the same time. And there's always a clause in the contract that says anyway, that if your employer is not satisfied with your output, you usually have 15 to 20 days before the person can get terminated or that the contract is nullified. So yeah, no need to tell them. And I also think that if you proactively tell it to them, it opens a can of worms. Do you agree, Jed? Like, yeah, of it course. It opens a Pandora's box or like, you know, why did you need to say that? Is it because you're giving me a heads up that you might not be able to accomplish your tasks? So I would rather keep this drama at bay if your contract does not indicate anything, keep it to yourself and just be responsible with all of your deadlines and your deliverables. Yeah. And I think just to add, when I said I'm an adult, that means that I know what I am getting into. So if mm. I am getting into multiple projects, I know that I should be able to finish them on the right time in the right quality. So that means if I can't take five jobs, I would just have to say no to the other ones. Be mindful of greed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's proceed with question number four. Let me be the one to read this one. Jonathan and Jed, can freelancers also avail of government programs like social security, uh, housing loans, etc.? Are they also covered by holidays like Ramadan, Christmas, New Year, or whatever it is that the country offers to full-time employees? 
So Jed, what's your take on this? And I think you partially answered this a while ago already, right? I think, well, it depends on the country, I suppose. Like, for example, freelancers, they are able to get government programs like social security and housing loan. Depending on the countries, there are some countries who do not yet In recognize... the Philippines, for example, I do, I am aware that in the Philippines and Malaysia, Indonesia and Singapore as well, mm-hmm. most Southeast Asian countries, or if not all Southeast Asian countries, they do allow. The only difference is if you're now a freelancer, obviously you don't have your own HR who files it for you. Yeah. You have to be the one to file these things for yourself. So what, what, what I'm trying to say is there is still a discrimination in some countries, unfortunately, between those who are freelancers and those who are employees. With the freelancers, there are still some government benefits that you are not able to get because you don't have, for example, pay slips from companies. They're bureaucratic government agencies which require things like that. For example, one of my employees, right, he wants to take a loan for his new motorbike and a payslip is apparently required to get that. So if you were a freelancer and you don't have a payslip from an employee, you wouldn't be able to get a loan for your motorbike. So you don't have your payslip, so which means that you cannot prove that you're earning a certain amount of salary per month, but you can prove what is your trending amount of salary per year, which means... But you see, even though you say that, if there isn't any payslip with a title head of a company, they will no, still... No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is if you're a freelancer then, you should be filing your taxes so that you have your annual income tax return. And when you ask for a loan, you actually give your annual income tax return. You see, I mean... Th- this Which is again not... is an issue because, hint, hint, not all freelancers are actually filing taxes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know... A lot of the freelancers do not have the idea of how to file their taxes. Agree, agree. At the agree, minimum, agree. they don't know. By the way, can I just insert this quickly because it might be helpful? Some people might be asking, John, when should I be filing my taxes and when is it okay not to do that? Here's a convention. If your definition of freelancing, for example, is someone asked you to paint the fence of your neighbor and you did it once and you charge, let's say, 100 US dollars for that five-hour painting of the fence. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get that tax because the cost and all the headache of having to file that, especially if it's only one time, is the cost is way higher than what you're going to be benefiting from it in terms of the income of what you're getting out of it. However, if you're freelancing in a sense that this is something that has been consistently being done month per month, you're strongly marketing yourself, you're strongly promoting your services, then you ought to file for a tax return. And there are many benefits to why you should because you are documenting your ability to earn and how much assets you have, which is very helpful if, as Jed mentioned a while ago, you're filing for a bank loan, you're applying for a visa. If you're coming from a developing country like the Philippines, we're in European countries are requiring you to show how much you're earning. If you're a freelancer, you need to send instead your annual income tax return. So that's also important. What kind of tax return should I file? Obviously, you're not anymore going to be filing the tax return of an employee. Usually, you're filing the same tax return that other individual professionals are filing. So lawyers, doctors in the Philippines, they file what they call as a professional tax return. So you're not employed by any employer, but you're rendering services to multiple clients. 
So this is not the podcast to talk about that. We can perhaps later on, but this is easily searchable on Google. My point is, if you want to be documented in the formal economy of your country, you need to file for your taxes. And also because you want to benefit to the economy. You want to contribute to the progress of the country as well through your taxes. So for example, Jed, when you are an architecture student, obviously, am I right? You did not file for tax for that. For freelancing gigs, we don't. We don't. It was a one time. That that is because those are just small one-off projects. They're not like the sustainable way for me to get my money from. So yeah, I did never did. So I think that's where we can use the definition of what is a full-time freelancer and a part-time freelancer. So a part-time freelancer is, you know, you do it out of the blue. If you feel it, if you have time for it, maybe once in a while. But a full-time freelancer is, you know that you have a target amount of earnings that you want per month because you're either a breadwinner or you just want to progress in life. A full-time freelancer ought to file the taxes. How about government-declared holidays like Christmas, New Year, other religious activities? Are freelancers also covered for this? Well, you... Hold your own time, don't you? You do. But there's a catch. Check your contracts again. Because not all employers allow you to file for a vacation leave. I do think that it's a red flag if your employer is not giving you a break for the most important religious festivities of your country. But unfortunately, you can't just easily file for a vacation leave whenever you want to, like a full-time employee can. It might not even be a Monday to Friday work schedule. It could be a Monday to Sunday work schedule, except that you have more time on afternoons because it's idle time, for example. So technically, you're not part of the mandated leaves or holidays that the government gives to full-time employees. You're not. So check your contract and I recommend negotiate with your freelancing employer if they are not provisioned or indicated in the contract. In many countries, sick leaves are provided. So for example, when I was working for GlaxoSmithKline, Globe Telecom, and AirAsia, I think we were provided with five days of sick leave. If you are a freelancer, those sick leaves are not guaranteed. So if you are sick, you can definitely tell it to your employer. But as a freelancer, likely your job is so critical, the employer just can't keep on waiting until you get healed from your sickness, whatever it is. And because freelancers are easily replaceable. So consider that when you want to become a full-time freelancer because those things are not covered anymore. Plus the fact that you don't have a medical or health insurance that are enjoyed by full-time employees. Okay, Jed, can you do the honors for the last question? So the last question is, can I do freelancing while I'm also working as a full-time employee? Um, I think I've already touched this a while ago and the answer is obviously yes. And Mm. again, it ties back to the question of whether or not you could actually juggle all your responsibilities at the right time with the right quality. So long as you could do that and you have the energy and time to do all these things all at the same time, then just go for it. You know, there's no harm. It will only make you a better employee in terms of knowledge, in terms yeah. of experience. Agreeing. Just knowing things outside of your of the norms of your office, doing Jen, all these things. Yeah. We're both in our late 30s. Do you think, let's say, let's pretend that we were full-time employees. Do you think that you still have the energy to do freelancing on the side? Let's say you really wanted to do it. 
I mean, if I am an, a salaried employee, yes. But now as an entrepreneur, I could not. But I guess I'm no, sort but of let, let, Let's doing... pretend you're working for one of those architecture firms. Oh, yeah, I could. You think? I could. Really? Yeah, of course. Of course. When, when I just it's, think I'm, about it, when I think about it, I'm like, ah, it's just extra it's, work. It's, it's uh, I don't know. like I said, it's like a continuing professional development course. So okay. taking on new projects is basically getting to know more people, enlarging your network of entrepreneurs and people of the same, your contemporaries. So those sort of things all add up to a very wealthy experience. Mm. Maybe maybe I'm just tired. That's why I'm tired literally right now. That's why I can't imagine myself doing an 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. job, which usually is an 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. job. And then after 8 p.m., I switch my hats to my next freelancing because I am a believer of this. 22 to 27 years old, I think, is the sweet spot age for doing freelancing because you got so much energy. You have so much passion. You want to achieve and conquer so many things. But let's say you're a mom, you're a parent, and you're juggling so many things. Well, I guess freelancing will make you want to earn more. But I just can't imagine the emotional and the energy bandwidth required for out of it. So, yeah, good for you. You said that confidently you can still do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right, Jed. Any last tips for our freelancers before we end the session? Because we finished all the five and I wish we can do more. Maybe we can consider another episode about this. With freelancing, you are basically enlarging and widening your wealth of knowledge and experience, not just within the confines of your work. There are people who are making freelancing as their full-time job. Good for them. And there are websites dedicated to this, you know, Facebook pages also dedicated to those who wish to do freelancing as a full-time job. And Odesk, by the way, Odesk and Upwork are very yep. popular websites for that. Yep, yep. And you could see the rates in there of how much these people are earning. And then you multiply that to how many days or probably project that they get. And you'll be able to find probably an estimate of how much they're earning in a month. And you could compare that with how you could do when you're just a salaried employee, mm, mm. right? But yeah, I mean, it's always a route and a risk to things that you take on and decide on which one you want to take. And I guess, like you said, freelance Freelancing is that sweet spot between an entrepreneur probably and a salaried employee. So because you hold your own time, but you still have that confines of doing the same job all over and over again. So I think that sweet spot is in there. I would say I would recommend freelancing to anyone who has plans of becoming an entrepreneur in the future because that Mm. was my route. When I was working in AirAsia, which was my last corporate job, I did freelancing gigs because I wanted to understand, can I do things on my own, but I still wanted some safety nets. So I still stayed with my full-time job. But after two to three years, when I realized that I was able to consistently do my freelancing gigs, I told to myself, I can now let go of my full-time corporate job in AirAsia and become a fully-fledged entrepreneur. So I think freelancing is the bridge people can take if you have future plans of becoming an entrepreneur, whether you're selling a product or you're offering, rendering a service to others. Yeah. And because technology and the pandemic has proven that it can be done remotely. The opportunities are bigger because you can tap a wider market even outside your country. Kudos and uh, we celebrate and we thank all the freelancers in the world, therefore. All right, Jed, thank you for another fun-filled episode. I hope our listeners learned a lot about freelancing and if you're about to jump ship and become a freelancer, we wish you the best. Bye, guys. Bye. 